Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Let's give the Lord another good hand praise here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I can feel the presence of the Lord here tonight. Amen. Anyone else feel his presence here tonight? Old timers say, Can I get a witness? Come on, amen. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Well, it's good to be here on Wednesday night. Amen. Good to be here on Wednesday night. Are you thankful your car made it? Thankful you got gas in your tank. Thankful you've had some food to eat today. I'm thankful. Praise the Lord. Amen. A lot going on around here. Friday, we've got focus prayer at 6 o'clock. Youth service at 7. Amen. How many is going to be here on Friday night? Amen. It makes me excited thinking about being here on Friday night. How many is going to be here Saturday? All right. Well, if you're working a booth, we want we want have been, we're asking you to be here at twelve, and then the festival will be from two to four. I can step back and see it better. That is correct. Sunday? How many is going to be here Sunday? Amen. Want to be here on Sunday if you can. If you can't, come anyway. I might ask you where you were if you're not here on Sunday. (laughs) And you can ask me where I am if I'm not here on Sunday. Praise the Lord. Because we're all in this together. Amen. Praise the Lord. If I could have a couple ushers tonight. Who's going to ask the blessing? Brother? Hallelujah. Amen. Bring your offering forward. Ladies, we've got a song. Yeah. 
Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the Somebody shout it. Come on, somebody shout it. Hallelujah. Come on, don't be timid tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. When I think about the Lord, look at your neighbor and say, I know what he's done for me. I know what he's done for me. That makes all the difference in the world. Amen. What the Lord has done for me. Praise God. Praise God. You could be seated. Thank you so much. Amen. Worship tonight. Word. Appreciate what the Lord's doing. Um, There is a chance of rain Saturday. Small chance, but uh, we'll get volunteers to run around with umbrellas. I won't see it unless it's just something, uh, a downpour, but it doesn't look that way. But this is Indiana. The weather can change very quickly. But... uh, be here on time, get things going, we'll see. Uh, matter of fact, my wife made a suggestion as we turned in the parking lot. Saturday morning, I think it would be good to see that sign out there just covered in balloons. Get everybody's attention, some kind of balloons. We may, we may still have some balloons around here. I think we do have some left, so uh, we'll, we'll get maybe get that there where we can get some attention there for those driving down the road. Uh, I will be bringing my hay wagon and uh, doing a, a, a hay ride, but I'm going to confess something. It's not tra- the traditional type of hay ride. I will be driving fast. I will hit my brakes often. Just to keep you alive and alert. Amen. I don't know. No, we'll we'll have a good time. But we'll we are. Uh, I'm bringing the trailer up and the and the hay. For that, so, amen. Before I forget, trustees that's here tonight, those trustees that's here tonight, and our uh, elder board, I want to see you real quick right after church here. Uh, trustees and elder elder board, amen. Kids Quest, you are, wait, ah, ah. you are now dismissed. You see, I learned a long time ago, you, you mess with kids, because if you don't, they're going to mess with you. 
Amen. Amen. I mess with kids. Amen. Love, love to aggravate them. Thank you, sir. Love to aggravate them. Amen. As much as possible. I'm excited about the word tonight. Amen. Get into the word here. Appreciate. Uh, I got good news and bad news. What do you want to hear first? The bad news? The bad news is I'm not teaching Sunday school Sunday. You want to hear the good news? Brother Horner is going to be teaching our Bible class out here, elders. Amen. He's going to make his debut right here. Amen. So I'm looking forward. I'm excited for that, actually, see what the Lord has for us. So, amen, excited for that. Uh, this uh, two weeks, in two weeks, not this coming Sunday, but the next, uh, 4 o'clock, we're having all of our, somebody get beat? All of our staff and all, all of our volunteers. That's everybody, ushers, greeters, tweeters, um, whatever. So everybody, that's everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, everybody. Amen, amen. Second Peter chapter 1, if you'll go there with me. Second Peter chapter 1. And uh, continuing from last week uh, on the same pattern here about uh, a growing uh, church, how to grow or how, how we are to develop. But uh, this week I want to talk about a little bit about self, uh, a growing Christian, ourself, how that we can apply things to ourself. You know, I've learned a long time ago, we can talk about corporate things, corporate growth and all that there, but we've got to make our walk with God individual, and we've got to make it uh, to where we are concerned and we are uh, in love with the things that God has put in our life, especially the Word of the Lord. I mean, we, it's easy to fall in love with His Spirit. It's easy to fall in love with the good things that God does for us, but uh, everyday life, we've got to make sure that we are, are in love with the Word of God. Second Peter chapter 1, verse number 1, Simon Peter, a servant, and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Notice he's like every preacher. Get up and go through kind of like a little preliminary, you know, greetings, let you know, salutation. Now, verse 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and to godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4, whereby, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through how? Through lust. Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness Charity, somebody shout love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is what? Blind. Is it not the word of the Lord? Is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten 
that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fail, never fall. Verse 11. And for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly unto the uh, everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, put up verse number 3 back up there for me, if you would, please. He says, According to his divine power hath he given unto us all things that pertaineth unto life and to godliness through what? The knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. I want to I want to use that tonight just talking about our Christian growth. How many would lift their hands? Lay your Bible down. Lift your hands. Come on, let's ask the Lord to just speak to us personally tonight. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Lord, I thank you, Lord God. God, for the word that you've given, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the direction, God, that you give, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help me, God, to take your word, God. Apply it to my life, God. Help me, Lord, to become and, Lord, to be the word, God, that you've instilled in us. Lord, let us hear, Lord, what the Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I'm going to make some of you think a little bit tonight, probably. Ever been told to grow up? I didn't hear you. Not all of you. I, 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 you ever been told, grow up? Because obviously whoever is saying that or said that, whether it's right or wrong, when they say that to us, believe that we're acting without uh, an appropriate amount of maturity. It means that we're just not being mature about whatever the environment or the situation is. Grow up! So we're going to talk about growing and growing up and growing mature. Another statement, and of course, uh, I get this a lot from my wife, Sister Laura. She tells me all the time, act your age. I try to act as childish as I can. Act your age. Grow up. Because when you think about it truthfully, and this is not anything deep, but truthfully, growth Growth is a, it's a natural part of life. I mean, growing is just natural. Uh, when you look at it, and, and I think, you know, if you just, matter of fact, just look over at your neighbor. Look over at your neighbor. Kind of scan them over. Because, look, look at them over. Because anything alive grows. Man, that's deep. Anything that's alive grows. Has growth to it. So that's why I say look at your neighbor. See if they're alive. Because we should be growing continually. I don't mean just growing out. I don't just mean growing taller. But we should be growing in knowledge. Not only naturally, but we should be growing spiritually as well. Can I get a big amen? Amen. amen. In fact, when you look at it, Get ready. Let's go to John chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. But when you look at it, Jesus compares our spiritual conversion, our experience in salvation to what? What does he compare it to? He compares it to the birth of a baby, of a child, of being birthed. Notice, notice how he put it. You, we, we say it all the time. Notice how he put it to Nicodemus. He said, 
it's important that we realize growing and how Jesus presents it, growing, it means that we're like babies because he, he tells them. There's a certain man, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of Jews. The same came to Jesus by night, said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher, and you know, we know that you come from God. No man can do the things, the miracles that you do except God be with him. Notice this. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus responds and says unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Of course not. That's not what he's talking about. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He's talking about a new birth. And, he can, and he's using the illustration because Nicodemus asked him about natural birth. And the Lord let him know there's a natural birth, that's flesh, but there's a spiritual birth as well. That's water and that's spirit. We've got to be born of, how I many in this room tonight has been born of water and of spirit? We've been born again. Like a natural baby, we are a spiritual baby growing in the Lord. We are newborn babes spiritually when we're born again. Now, let me say this, because I'm not going to get into what a lot of us think that we might do, the, the milk and the meat and all that. I'm, 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 I'm taking a whole different approach. But when we're born again, when you're born, firstborn period, you're an infant. You, you've got to be taken care of. When we're born again in the Spirit, we're immature babies. I mean, we may be grown up. We may have age on us. We may have all the elements naturally. But spiritually, we've got to learn. We've got to learn how to walk and talk in the Lord, how to allow the Spirit to guide us. You see, because I know we've got this concept that, you know, if you've got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you into all truth. That's not absolutely correct. Now i got your attention. Because as a newborn babe, that spirit, it's going to take a little bit of time for you to understand what that spirit's trying to tell you because you don't understand that kind of language yet. You don't understand those kind of experiences in life yet. That's why newborn babes make more mistakes and some of us think, well, they got the Holy Ghost, they ought to know better. No! When you're in first grade, you don't know what you know in 12th grade. So we've got to understand what the process is. This doesn't mean that because you got the Holy Ghost, you automatically know how to live and how to be. We've got to grow in it. We're, we're immature infants, small, amen, in the Lord, in the sight of God as, as newborn babes. But we are completely full of new life. You're born again. You've got that new life, that experience. Now think about it. Babes, babies are totally helpless. Are they not? Throw that baby down on the ground. Let's tell him walk. Tell him walk up here. Better not. Better not. Of course not. Hey, let me just let me let me back up a little bit. Tell your eight or nine year old, go in there and fix supper tonight. Now, some might be able to do some mac and cheese, some spaghetti, 
But you're not going to turn your kitchen over to someone that don't know. They're too young. That's why we train them. You get them in the kitchen and learn them. Babies are, are helpless. Listen, we, elders, we've got to understand this. Newborn Christians are helpless. They need our help. They need to see how we move. Just like with kids, you, yeah, 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 make faces and do all that stuff. That's, that's what we've got to do to the newborn babes. We've got to show them how they've got to be. Got to be patient. Because we also know by experience, as soon as you heard me say it last week, as soon as you say, don't do something, It's going to happen. Don't touch it. Don't grab it. Don't leave it alone. Don't pull the dog's ear. It's going to happen. Amen. They're pretty much helpless. Except to eat. Something about us human beings, we have a natural born ability to eat. thought that would kind of go over a little bit. Babies know how to make noise. Are you putting this together? Newborn Christians, guess what? They know how to eat. They know how to take the word. They know how to learn. They know how to develop. But we've got to help them. We've got to teach them. We've, we've got to explain things. We've got to do things. Because they don't know any better. And, I, and I, you've heard me say this all the time about our young people. Our young people are always targets. Easy to pick on. They got targets, but they don't have adult heads on their shoulders. But we think they should. Well, they wanted this and they wanted that. They ought to know. No, absolutely not. Because if, we don't, if we're not careful with our natural way of thinking, we're going to pull that right into the way we think spiritually about a newborn babe. I would much rather see a newborn babe trying to learn to walk and fall and scuff and make mistakes. And, and what, what, that's one thing. Other thing babies can do on their own, make noise. Babies got to make noise. They do. And, of course, babies know how to breathe. So, I mean, there are some things in, in our Christian walk that we've got to understand God's trying to develop. And, and then, then, then the element comes in, not everybody develops the same. Come on, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. Not every, I know that you got the most precious kid in school, but not every third grader is on third grade level. Come on, anybody been in the classroom? Not every fifth grader has got a fifth grade mind. It just don't work that way. Age may put you in a certain uh, classification. Being in the church for a while may make it appear like you ought to know better, but some don't. And we've got to learn how to develop that and how to work with babes in the church. That's part of our teaching. Now look, go with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. Just flip over verse 18. Because the apostle Peter said it correctly. He said, here's what we've got to do individually. Here's what we all got to do. And this is, this is, this is a, a step process. Grow in grace. How many still growing in grace? 
I'm just, I'm just still working on the selective part. I'm selective on who gets my grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be what? Glory both now and forever. What are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be growing in grace. Look at your neighbor and say, you look lovely. Grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? To him be glory both now and forever. When we grow in grace, what do we do? What does grace mean? What? Love? Is that part of grace? Love? What? Forgiveness? You see, we all have an idea of what grace or how we should grow in grace. And my growth in grace may be different than yours. I may have to work on a a portion of that grace that's different from yours. We've got to understand, even as those that that come into the, uh, are baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, newborn babes, we've got to understand they are the same process. And what, look, watch, and what's confusing is, oh, I've got to throw this in there. What they see in the church and what they see at home could be two different pictures. Hello? Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, they see people in the church, and they see the church, and they even maybe see their family one way in the church and something totally different outside the church. And when you're new and when you're being developed, guess what? You don't know what attribute to take in. And so you show mistakes or you do things that show signs on one side or the other. Anybody home? Go back and put up verse 3 and verse 4. We're going to... First Peter. What did he say? He has given unto us... Given, listen, we have been made complete. That what God has, what process God has given to us is complete. Now, now look at this. His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life. God, the Spirit of the Lord, has given you and I and newborn babies. He's given us the spirit of how to get through life. Now, that sounds simple, don't it? But listen, again, we've got to analyze what does it mean. Your life's different than mine. But it gives to all the same. But your variety and your package is different than mine. How you were raised, what you have gone through, what you have seen, what you have experienced, all those things matter because he says all things that pertain unto life and godliness. God knows how to teach us how to live. He knows how to teach us how to talk. He knows how to teach us how to dress. We don't get those, listen to me, we don't get those feelings on our own. Ain't nobody wants to dress holy on their own. I promise you. Those that feel like holiness is just a standard or just just don't understand the Word of God at all. Because God understands what we need. That's why He wants us to be different than the world. It's sad when you can't pick out Christians in the world. You drive around, you go places, 
Do you, do you watch? Do you see? I watch kids coming out of school every day. And I can tell you whose homes have a Christian background and have Christian development and whose homes don't. You, could, and you say, well, that's judging. No, it's not judging. I know a tree by the fruit of bears. I know a tree. Come on. I know a tree. I can be just as spiritual as anybody else when it comes to judging. It's not judging. Judging is when you judge somebody's heart, not their actions. Because what they do tells you what they're into. Hello. If I tell you you're going to hell, that's judging your heart. But when I see you do something against the Word of God and tell you, that's not judging. That's pointing out what you need to know and need to hear as pertains to life and godliness. Come on, read the Word. You see, most people are changing the Word because they're not into the Word. It's the truth. Through the knowledge, it all links back to Christ. Remember last week, everything was made by him for him. Everything's about Jesus. Every, every process in life has to do with what God started from the very beginning before he created man in his image, all that he would ever be in this fleshly body. Now think about that. God already knew. He already had a plan. How, how many watch a sitcom or a movie? Everybody here, right? Now this is not a trick question. Hold your hand up if you have. You ever watch the credits afterward? What are you saying? Somebody wrote it. Somebody thought that goofy stuff. Somebody put it together as a package, as a movie, as a sitcom, as a variety. Somebody wrote it. Are you getting that? Look at it. God knew what he was doing. He put it all together before he ever played it out. And when we know that, then we understand more about ourselves. Listen, look at you. You're more godly than you realize. What we do is we know where we live in the godliness side of things. We know where we live in life. Because we know how to measure and we know how to, listen, we know how to judge one another in life. Oh, look at Rick. He got that big mansion up on the hill. <laughs> got them three cars. I mean, he paid more for his more than I paid for my vehicle. We know how to measure and judge it. But what about spiritually? We come to church and look around. We think, is everybody the same? I mean, we know we don't look the same. And probably don't all act exactly the same. But we all have the same spirit. Look at me. It's time the church gets back on the same page together. In unity. Hello? Unity. Man, there's such a variety in our faith. And I'm not talking about any other faith. I'm talking about our faith. There's such a variety of things today. And we justify it by each man has the authority over his pulpit. But when it comes down to it, if we're not careful, we're causing division. There should be some things that we should be on the same page with. 
And if you have people in the body of Christ running around saying things outside of what leadership is trying and the direction leadership is trying to take the body, it causes division. It stunts growth. It makes people question, like I said about babies. When they see one thing and see another, they're supposed to be developing, but it, it stunts their growth and it confuses them. You ever met somebody so, just, just they're awesome people, and you hear them talk about maybe their faith or their, say, wow, makes me kind of wonder, do, do, we, do I have all that, I, I mean, are we, do we have the truth? I mean, I've encountered men, I've encountered people over the years that were so smooth and so well-versed and so, I mean, able just to just almost talk you out of your shoes. And you walk away thinking, wow. Listen, what do you think deception, what do you think we're told to watch for? Because there's a way that God has that we should be growing, and we should be growing every day. Why? Because God has promised to supply us with the necessary ingredients, the necessary formula, if you will, especially if you're newborn, for what? For normal spiritual growth. Look at your neighbor and say, normal spiritual growth. Normal spiritual growth comes by growing. Everything alive, I said, remember, grows. So normal growth is everything alive that grows. But we move into the next, how? In the knowledge, growing in the knowledge of Him. There's a natural growth. There's a natural growth spiritually, but we should be deeper in Christ. Hello? You should be able to give, anybody in this room should be able to give somebody a Bible study. It doesn't matter what level that is, you should be able to give someone a Bible study. Especially if you are, you consider yourself mature in the Holy Ghost. Hello? I know some are just lazy. Some just don't want to do it. Some don't want to mess with it. But the bottom line is we all should be able to give an account for what we believe. And we all are mandated to be witnesses. There's no way around that. When you're, it's like sin. When you're born into life, guess what? You're born into sin. When you're born again, guess what? You're born again into this to be a witness. There's no separation, no taking yourself out of the equation. Are, are you getting this? Because this should, I, this should help ourself understand. Listen, I can't pull myself back. I can't pull myself out of something. I didn't put myself in there. When God puts you in something, you're in it until he says you're out. Hello? Jesus, that we might, look at him, that we might be partakers of the divine nature. Look at your neighbors, tell them, you're smart. We're smart. Listen, listen, we're, we're not, we're smart people. We are. Even us older folks that don't know how to, you know, mess with these gadgets that these kids can, we're still smart. Open the hood of that car, Junior. Figure out some things. Know how, to, know how to balance a budget, I mean, when you're right down to the penny. No, hey, 
know how to rob from Peter to pay Paul. We got pretty good at that. <laughs> Think about it. There are things that we don't know, and that's okay. But we're smart. We know all the forms of life require two things. Every, everything in life requires a couple things. We know that our environment, our surroundings, it's con- conducive to what, how we're going to grow. If we don't have the right elements, we know it takes good nutrition. You got to have food. You got to have water. You got to have certain things to grow. Because you see, life form can't exist, but it will not grow without two essential aspects of growth. What is it? Our environment and what we take in, our nutrition. We know, come on, we're smart. We know that naturally. What about spiritually? Your environment, young people get this, your environment means a whole lot of how much you're going to grow spiritually. You hang around with the duds, guess what? I heard somebody one time preaching about garbage in, garbage out. What you take in, what your environment is. If you're around all the thugs, if you're around all the cussing, if you're around all all the people that are doing all those things, guess what? Your environment's going to affect you. Hello. Hello. Ain't just the young people. I know older folks. I know some people, they can't even go through life. They have to tell a filthy joke all the time. They have to talk insinuations all the time. They have to make gestures all the time. I've seen grown people telling people what their IQ was. What? Listen. Our environment has a lot to do with our growth. Now get this. Now, whether it's natural or not, because naturally, weather, whether we're plant and animal life, it doesn't matter what you look at, it must be surrounded with the proper elements. Can I get an amen? It's our environment. You can put a seed in the ground, but that don't mean it's going to produce anything. Watch. You can have the Holy Ghost... What's it going to produce? Because of the environment you're around. Because of what you're feeding it. How's it going to grow? Listen to me. How's it going to grow? You don't need the Word of God on Wednesday night. I hope somebody listening gets this. You don't need the Word of God anymore. You don't have to come to any Wednesday services. They don't mean anything. The Bible studies don't mean much anymore. Because what we've turned it into, we've just turned it into more of a social gathering. But it's to develop. It's the Word of God. It's nourishment for us. It's the environment we surround ourselves in. Because we know naturally what works. It works the same way in our spiritual life. The environmental conditions are critical for proper growth. How many people here is farmed? How many has gardens? By the way, I just told Sister Amanda, I didn't want her to go to hell over her garden because she hasn't paid her tenth yet. <laughs> Goes for the rest of you from the garden. She paid her tenth, but not from the garden. Just, just throw that out there. You can have the best seeds. You can have the best seeds. You can have the best. 
You, you can get the, 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 the best-looking tomato plants. You can get the best plants, and, 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 and you can have all that there. You can, you can plow the, and have the straightest, prettiest rows there is. Are you, are you linking this together with the church? You can dress up. You can look as good as you can look. That don't mean nothing. We can have the best of the best. That don't mean nothing. We can have great pews, great, great heating and cooling. We can have all the great things, amen, the church can offer. But guess what? That don't mean anything. We can have our rows plowed straight. We can look good. Everything be just right. Beautiful looking garden. But without the proper environment, what happens? I mean, Lord, storms, hail, drought, bad soil, animals, insects affect the garden. You can have the best of the best. It can look the best. But all these elements affect the environment. You can have everything going for yourself in life. You can have a good job. It may look like God's blessing you and open up doors for you. But listen, what does it really mean? When everything looks okay, it takes the right environment to make it grow. Because all those things affect growth. Go back to 2 Peter First chapter, pick up verse 5. Because I'm about to wind down here. Notice this. Because the Apostle Peter does some things that's, I think, essentials for us to pick up on. Notice what he says. And besides this, giving all diligence. What is growing? What is growing? You can have everything is, is the environment. What does he say? For us to grow, for ourselves to grow. He said it doesn't come automatic. Besides this giving all diligence, add. Somebody shout add. Add to your faith. Add to your faith. It, it don't come naturally. You've got to add. We've got to build. We've got to grow. We've got to mature. We've got to spring up like a plant. We've got to even have the word of God. We have to have the right environment. We add. We add to our faith. Virtue. Knowledge. We add these things. Peter, notice what he says. He uses the word add simply just showing us that the new birth experience is the only beginning of our spiritual growth in God. That's just the beginning. You're born again. The Holy Ghost is a free gift. But we've got to add these things to mature and to grow and to be strong. Notice what he says. Add to or grow in. Add these things. What? Grace, faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patient, endurance, godliness, brotherly These things don't come natural. We try to destroy each other. Like I said, it, like I said about myself, you know, I decide who I show grace to. Yeah, we have to learn. We have to do it, and it has to come by experiences. It has to come by an experience with somebody like Zach that you know, you don't mind showing him a little grace. And then there's Corey. I ain't showing him nothing. (laughs) 
because it's just not all the same. It's not all natural. We have to add. We have to grow into it. We have to, listen, grace, faith. We know about faith, building faith. Virtue. There's people that have, you know, we say in the natural, there's people that have book knowledge. There's people that have street knowledge. And there's people that have no knowledge. Is that the proper way to say it? You know, you can't say stupid no more. Kids kill me. That's a bad word. Now, let me, let me wind down and close. Because I, I, I want to show the last that's listed. And I want to talk about what's the last thing that he's talking about? Charity. What is charity? Love. Is it love just... Just love like we know it? No, it's agape love. It's the truest form of love. It's agape love. I want, I want to take the last little bit here to point out what agape love is. Charity, love, agape love. This <coughs> agape love is used to describe God's supreme love for his son. He uses it in the word of God. John chapter 15, uh, 17, verse 26. He, he's talking about love, the agape love for Christ. His son. He also used agape love, and we quote all the time, John 3.16. For God so loved the world. It's the agape love for the human race. Agape love, look at me. Agape love is a decision of will to love. We say it again. Agape love, true love, is a decision of a will to love. It don't come automatic. But if we're true to God, and we're true in spirit, and we're growing in spirit, and we're allowing that spirit to grow. Because I was thinking about this, and I thought, the Lord just dropped this thought in my mind. I'm not teaching as absolute. But even, even by the time we get to Christ, the agape love of God, what do we have to experience all the way through the Old Testament, all the way up till then? God showed love, but until Christ, agape love. God loved, God, God showed love throughout the Old Testament from the, from the beginning of time. But God be love come in Christ, in Christ. Why? It was his decision. It was his decision in the beginning to love the human race. Come on. The decision of will to love, a love not of emotions. Not romantic. Those are different types of love. Now, I'm, I have a tendency to say this a lot, but it's true. And it's something we need to kick out of the church. This emotional love. Hello? I don't love you emotionally. Well, you know, because I'm happy and things are going well in my life. And, you know, I just love you. You just, you know, we're, we're just happy. We need to kick that out of the church. Because we need to make a willful decision that agape love is going to reign in the spirit, in the body. Oh, I lost some of you there. Well, I'll choose who. No, listen. Listen to me. You can still still have your issues with your family. You can still have some issues with the neighbor. You can still have, but you've got to choose to love. Hello? Hello? Whether somebody does me right or wrong, I've got to choose to love them. I'm not forced to. I'm not made to. And I can say it out of emotions, you know, like we do on the phone sometimes. 
you know, even chase it, even chase it when somebody goes to hang up. Okay, okay, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Before they hang up. If we're not careful, it just becomes it, it becomes like the handshake in the church. Praise the Lord. Really? Are we praising the Lord or are we just habit? No, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, you're here. Praise the Lord, I'm here. Praise the Lord, the Lord's here. I mean, we've got to keep those things in the forefront of who we are. Because if we're going to grow, a growing Christian has to look at these things, and we have to add them to our daily walk. They don't come naturally. They're not automatic when you get the Holy Ghost. We have to add them. Stand with me. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. We've been there. I'm going to read this again. In closing. Everybody look at the screen. For if, boy, there's a, there's a million dollar word. For if these things be in you and abound. What does abound mean? Show up, present, allowed to be, making a decision to be, to add. To become. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the. Do you get this? Did you hear what I said a while ago that some of you maybe took as, oh, he's judging me? If you can't teach a Bible study and you've been in this for quite a while, something's wrong with you. You're not growing right. You've got enough, if you're barren and unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ, something's wrong with your growth. I'm not saying that. I'm, not, I'm telling you that's the Word of God. We've got, to, we've got to self-grow. We've got to add things to our walk with God that He's filled us with the Holy Ghost. We've got to make it a point. If you never study your Bible, if you never look into it, if you never make notes, if you never try to thread something together, you never will. Because you cannot go by just memory. Some people can have that ability, can click some things off. But we, majority-wise, don't. We have to thread it and put it together. That's why sometimes we, we justify ourselves. Well, I don't want to have no confrontation with somebody. It's not a confrontation. If they tell you what they're believing and they have scripture and they can give you scripture and they can, they can point to what they say they believe, then you ought to be able to do the same thing. It's not confrontation. That's just making sure, listen, here's why I believe what I did. Not because Brother Purdue says it. Oh, I hate that. Or the church. You know, I, I, I wrestle with those things. Because you've heard me say it. I don't teach some of the people that's doing some of the things. I don't teach you to be like that. I don't teach you to do those things. And I, when I say I, through the word of God. That's why we've got to, listen, you've got a purpose. It's, you've got to make this a self thing. I'm going to grow in the Holy Ghost. I've got the Holy Ghost, but I've got to grow in the Holy Ghost. And I've, my environment and what I take in is going to decide how well I grow, how deep I get my roots can I say this? Because if your heart's not in something, you're never going to have roots. 
So if you have a problem with church and you're not rooted in the church, you're never going to grow in the church. You're just going to be in the church. You're just going to show up in the church. You've got to have roots. Does that, anybody don't understand that? Because it's, it's, it's truth, whether it's natural or whether it's spiritual. We've got to be rooted. We've got to be planted. We've got to have our environment right. Because if these things are in us and they, are, they abound, we'll neither be barren or unfruitful. Why would we be barren or unfruitful? Why are we struggling in some areas? Because we're not adding these things properly. Our environment, our nourishment, what we're getting may not be what is conducive for our growth. And only you can decide. Only you can, only you can evaluate how much hell you can take, how much storm you can take, how much stuff you can take to be able to still maintain and grow as, as the seed of the Holy Ghost has been planted in you. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I see you growing. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you, Lord God, for how, God, you give us, Lord, what we need, Lord. I pray, God, you help us, Lord, grow. Lord, help us grow. Grow in the Holy Ghost, Lord. God, build not just upon, Lord God, the things that you've given us, Lord. God, but help us all to learn how to add to these things, Lord God. God, that we can be spiritually mature, Lord. God, that we can even go even higher and take a step further, Lord. God, that we can even, Lord God, help plant, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord God, to help us, Lord God, to take your word. God, help us to add, 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 and grow. In Jesus' name, we honor you for it. Amen, amen, amen. All right, shake hands, be friendly. Don't forget this weekend, Friday night. What's Friday night? No, it's not. Is it?